This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio is a platform that helps growth focused e commerce brands drive more sales with super targeted, highly relevant email, Facebook, and Instagram marketing. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance, and my guest today is Scott Young. He is a learner and we're going to find out more about what that means, but he's also the author of a book called Ultra Learning, Master Hard Skills, Outsmart Your Competition, and Accelerate Your Career. So, Scott, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me here. So let's get your definition of ultra learning, um, since that's the name of the book. Yeah, so ultra learning is this sort of approach to aggressive self-directed learning. And it really started from finding these people that just had these incredible stories. Um, so I document some of them in my book, uh, people like uh, Eric Barone, who spent five years mastering all the skills of video game development to release a best-selling title, or people like Nigel Richards, who won the French World Scrabble Championship, even though he doesn't speak French. And so they started by finding these really incredible examples of stories. And I found that there was a general sort of approach to this. And what it was is people who take self-directed aggressive learning projects. So self-directed in this case means that it is initiated and driven by the person who's doing the project. So you're learning something you care about as opposed to, you know, the way that we think about traditional education where you just sit passively in a classroom. And then aggressive in this case has uh, different manifestations. But the main way I want to think about it is that these people are focused on doing what works to learn, even though that sometimes can be a little bit more difficult at first. Yeah. And we'll break down, you know, aggressive, that's a relative term, but, <laughs> but you shared, I saw you speak at a, one of my favorite conferences of the world. I'll give a shout out to world domination summit in Portland. And, um, you shared a story about how you embarked on your own kind of first ultra learning project. So maybe, maybe share that to give people a sense of the scope of kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. So the, the way that I kind of, and as I talked about in my, in my speech that you heard, um, is that I kind of got into this by first uncovering one of the ultra learners that I talk about, who is Benny Lewis. And he has a website which uh, has become quite popular now called Fluent in Three Months, where he takes on these projects to travel to a new country and tries to learn a language in as little as three months. And I found about this about 10 years ago when I was living in France, trying to learn French, and it wasn't going super well. I was struggling. Most of the people around me spoke to me in English, and I was, you know, having difficulties learning French. And it was sort of uncovering his kind of a philosophy towards learning where he was taking on these ambitious projects, but also going to somewhat unusual lengths to learn things. And this actually resulted in like several years after that uh, experience of trying to learn French, I actually went with a friend to do kind of our own version of that project, which we called the year without English, where we went to four different countries, Spain, Brazil, uh, China, and South Korea to learn Spanish, Portuguese, Mandarin, Chinese, and Korean. And the method that we used was what we called the no English rule. So when we landed in those countries, we only spoke in the language we were trying to learn. And the funny thing, and as I kind of talked about in my speech that I gave, is that when I say this to people, people are like, oh my God, that sounds crazy. Like I, there's no way I could do something like that. And the funny thing I found is that because it was more effective, it was actually a lot easier than the approach that I'd taken in France. And so this is what I kind of wrote the book about is trying to show people these alternative approaches to learning hard skills and show that even though they can sometimes be a little bit more tricky right at the beginning, um, by using an effective method, you get so much better so much more quickly that you avoid a lot of the frustrations and you know pitfalls that normal learners face when they're trying to learn things like languages, but also career skills, programming, 
all sorts of things. Well, and in fact, you also shared a story that you accomplished what was the amount or equivalent of an MIT computer programming degree in like two years. And I may have got that wrong, but but essentially you also showed you also showed a giant pile of books. So, and I think a lot of people hear stuff like this and they think, oh, ultra learning, it's a hack to do it faster, but it's still a heck of a lot of work, right? Yeah. So the way I've been trying to explain ultra learning is that, um, so there's no, there's no secret. There's no like, okay, well, there's just some kind of weird trick that no one's ever heard of before to learn things. I mean, there are lots of tools that are underused. So there's a lot of little specific things that we could talk about that, you know, your learners could use to apply or your listeners could use to apply to learn better. But I think the way that I think about ultra learning, and this is sort of a recurring theme, and this is why I picked that word aggressive is that very often something that is initially a little bit scarier or a little bit more frustrating is actually much more effective. And so the reason that a lot of these approaches are less common is because people won't do the thing that actually works really well because it sounds like too much. Um, But if they were to actually do it, if they were actually pushed to do that or forced to do that, they would find it's actually easier than they think and they would actually learn a lot more effectively. So there's even some interesting research um, relating to this. Uh, One of the principles I talk in the book I call retrieval. And so retrieval is this scientific idea that if you try to recall things actively from your memory, so you don't have the book open, you just try to close the book and try to recall it, you'll remember a lot more when the test comes than if you just read notes or read things over and over again. And one of the things that was interesting is that they they um, took participants in this study and found that weaker performing students, so students who weren't doing as well, they wanted to keep reviewing. They were like, they're not ready to do practice testing. They're not ready to do this retrieval. But if someone forced them to do retrieval so that they weren't allowed to do that review, they actually scored better on the test. So this kind of repeats a theme in the book and a theme that I I try to say in my message that, you know, ultra learning isn't magic. It's not a secret. The reason that it works is because very often people are not aware that there's these differences in how you learn things. And sometimes the more difficult, or I would say more initially difficult method is actually much more effective. And so if you can push yourself to do it, you'll actually get better results. So I think most people's experience with learning, you know, goes back to the typical school curriculum book, you know, type of learning. Um, I've heard you say that ultra learning gets you to the fun part of learning faster. So what part is what part is that exactly? Well, I mean, when we start learning a new skill, there's often feelings of inadequacy, of fear, of comparison with other people. I mean, you know, and I'm like, even I'm not immune to this. I, I recently started learning salsa dancing and I'm like, I got two left feet. Like I'm not, I'm not a very smooth dancer in any way. And I remember going in the beginning of the intro classes and I'm screwing up really basic stuff. I'm not keeping to the rhythm. And I remember feeling bad. I'm feeling like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting in this effort when it just feels bad? And I think this is what scares a lot of people off from taking on learning projects, learning you know, learning to speak Spanish when they've always wanted to learn Spanish or learning guitar lessons or learning to program or, you know, getting better at public speaking or whatever matters to you. A lot of times it's this feeling that you get in the beginning of learning where you feel inadequate that makes you reluctant to do this. And so what ultra learning is often about is about how do you get over those sort of you know, you, you kind of blow through those initial phases so you can get to the part where you're like, oh, actually, I'm not bad at this. And and as soon as you're not bad at something, learning becomes fun because it is something you're competent in. So 
for learning a language, for instance, when you start speaking Spanish, it feels awful because your ability is really low and people are, you know, what, what did you say? I don't understand. And you're having a bunch of difficulties, but once you can have like some, you know, minor conversations or you have some interactions where that person understood what you said and now it feels good. Now you feel like, oh, this is impressive. I have this ability. And so for me, ultra learning is often about like, how do you take something that does feel a little bit daunting and decompose it into some steps so you can get through that difficult, frustrating part so that, you know, learning stops becoming this chore and becomes this fun activity so that you just enjoy doing it. Yeah. And, and there's so many people that give the advice of, you know, for people looking for a career or starting a business, you know, you should do something you love. And and I think a lot of what you're saying is you'll love something you get good at. <laughs> and if you get good at it faster, then, you know, that might be a way to actually make a career choice. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It's the case that for a lot of people, I think um, the things that we love are just the things that by happenstance we happen to get good at. And so for me, this book is not really just a book about learning, but a book about finding more things that you love because when you're good at more things, you love more things. And so for a lot of people, they'll say things to themselves like, oh, I hate math. Well, you hate math because you were bad at math or because it was challenging or because you felt like, well, I worked really hard and I only got a B on that exam. But if you were really good at math, if people constantly gave you feedback about how smart and how clever you are, I mean, there are people who are like this. I mean, they're not the majority, but they love math. And so it's the same thing with lots of skills. I'm not saying you have to learn math, but if you understand the learning process, understand what you need to do to get good at skills, you can love all sorts of things, even if you feel like you're bad at them right now. Well, so you brought out the, and I'll use your Canadian process um, <laughs> word, um, is there a specific process for ultra learning? So yeah, the way I broke down the book was into nine principles. And the reason I focused on principles is because in many ways, what I'm trying to do is to get people away from the ways of thinking about learning that have held them back in the past. And one of those things that I think that has held people back in the past is that there's one right way to do everything. And then you try it. And if it doesn't work for you, then the problem is you. And the right way to think of it is that there are many, many, many different ways to learn the thing that you care about. As long as you are paying attention to what are the principles of learning, there's often very different ways you can go about things and still get to the same result. And so the first principle and really the starting point for any learning project is what I call meta learning. And meta learning is just a fancy term. Meta usually means when something's about itself. So meta learning means learning about learning. And in this case, what that means is that if you're going to learn a new skill or subject, it often pays dividends to spend about an hour or two online doing some research of how do other people learn this skill? What are the pitfalls they have? What are the things that people struggle with? What are the resources they use? And as you go through this, you'll find lots of different options because pretty much any popular skill has many, many tutorials online, many different perspectives on the right way to learn it. And you can use that as a starting point. And then, of course, the other principles that I have, uh, there's you know eight more principles in the book, can also provide guidance so you can help choose methods that not only suit you and your, your schedule and your lifestyle and your personality, but also fit within the overall principles of learning so that you will make sure that you don't get derailed and you don't spend six or seven months working on something only to find that it didn't get you the results that you wanted. I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers. And this allows you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. There's powerful segmentation, email autoresponders that are ready to go, great reporting. 
You want to learn a, bit, a little bit about the secret to building customer relationships? They've got a really fun series called Clavio's Beyond Black Friday. It's a docu-series, a lot of fun, quick lessons. Just head on over to Clavio.com Beyond BF, Beyond Black Friday. So here's a question that I'm sure you probably get uh, occasionally. I mean, aren't, aren't there some people just smarter than other people? And I mean, they're going to learn something that's more complex than others, or is that really just a limiting belief? Well, I will say this. I do believe that there are different people who have different talents and that even within individuals, we have things that we're good at and that we're bad at. Some of that is related to experience. So one of the things I talk about in my book is that very often what people misconstrue as being innate talent is actually a difference in prior experience. So for me, for instance, I felt really crappy in my French class 10 years ago because I was near the bottom of the class. And it was only after talking to people for a while that I realized, oh, actually, these people have studied French for longer than I have. And so in the beginning, my negative feelings were thinking, well, I'm just not as good at this. But really, it was that they had more experience. And so similarly, I think a lot of us can often you know, go into, let's say, a computer programming class and not realize that the whiz kid who seems to be so smart has actually been doing it since he was five. And that's why he's so good at the class and why you're struggling. So that would be the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is that, yes, there are differences in talent. And I think that that should also, you know, make you not feel bad if you feel like you're going slower than someone else. So if, if you're learning something is taking you a little bit longer, that's perfectly fine. However, there are large differences that you can get from using the right method. And so often I find that, you know, what happens to us is that the things that we feel we are good at are usually the things that just sort of by chance we ended up using a really effective approach for learning it. And so we think of ourselves as being really good at it, but it was really more just you unwittingly use these principles of learning. And so I wanted to lay them out in the book so that you can see something that you've tried in the past and maybe struggled with and see to yourself, oh, I was doing this and that's why it was so hard for me. And so that's what I want to do with this book is not to deny that there's any differences between people and everyone's equally talented. And because if you look around the world, that seems to not be the case. But definitely that the potential you have and that the amount that you can get better and especially on things that you have not done well in the past is much larger, I think, than most people believe. And you, you have you know large swaths of this book talking about career advancement. And I think that uh, w- would you say that you know, this is a – if you want to advance your career, you know, adding things that you can do, being able to speak another language so your company, you know, your company is global and so now you have an option to you know, work over here and you can uh, program computer you know, languages now and things. I mean would you say that that uh, – I mean it just makes sense as a, as a way to advance your resume if you will? Oh, absolutely. You know, the way when I was doing the research in the book, uh, one of the things that came up was this phenomenon known as skill polarization. So we all know that income inequality is rising. I mean, this is what every news report tells us that the rich get richer. But if you actually dig into this, and this was done by uh, the economist, uh, MIT economist, David Autor, you find that there's actually two different things going on. So what's happening is that the incomes are being stretched out at the top of the distribution, and they're being compressed at the bottom. And the right way to view this, I think, is to imagine that the middle class lifestyle that we've all kind of been culturally conditioned is sort of our birthright. That's what's disappearing. That's what's getting squeezed into the bottom or spread out at the top. And part of the reason for this is that computers and automation and technology are coming and they eliminate jobs. And while they create new jobs in their wake, 
a lot of those new jobs are more complicated. And at the same time, tuition is getting much more expensive. And so, you know, going back to college or, or you know, even if they do teach things at college, which they often don't, um, going back to school is often not the most responsible option just because the cost is so high. So for me, in writing this book, I, I realized that, you know, learning in this way or learning skills, this is not just a frivolous thing just for learning a language or guitar, but really a process for getting really good at anything you care about. So whether that thing is, again, learning a new computer programming language, getting really good with Excel, um, learning public speaking, getting good at marketing, getting good at communication, getting good at leadership. These are all skills. These are all things that you get better at them by learning, not necessarily learning through a book or a textbook. And so I'll talk about in, the, in ultra learning that often the way that we think about learning that way is wrong. But it's definitely something that I would approach differently. And I think if you can view your career in this light, that your success in your career depends at you being good at things. I think that that uh, obviously fits into this picture of ultra learning. So I will give you your opportunity to be um, polarizing yourself here. Um, is college just not cutting it? Well, I will say this because this is one of the things as well. A lot of people when I wrote this book were saying, well, are you going to say that this is the alternative to university? And in some ways it isn't, not because college is often super great, but because there are certain professions or certain career paths where having a degree is necessary. I mean, if I'm going to become a lawyer, I can't just ultra learn law and then go practice it. I mean, people are going to expect me to have a degree and it's actually not even legal to practice a lot of professions without college education. But the right way to think about it is that a lot of what we are expected to know and be able to perform in our jobs and in our careers is not going to be something taught in school. So for many of us, you know, what you actually do in your day to day job is very unrelated to the thing that you actually learned in school. And where do you learn to get good at that? You learn it by uh, doing uh, working on the job and by doing projects like these. And then also, I think in many ways, college is not cutting it because it has kind of become increasingly divorced from the actual realities of the workplace. So in many cases, there are these issues of transfer. So one of the most extensively studied problems in the educational psychology literature is this problem of transfer, that you teach things to a student in a classroom, and they just can't apply it to very obvious situations in real life. And so often that's the way we teach, and often that's just sort of a symptom of the education system in general. But um, that's definitely a big problem if you spend four years in school and all of that knowledge that you learned is kind of useless when it actually comes to doing the job. All right. So I want to start my own ultra learning project. And of course, I'm going to go by ultra learning, uh, by, by Scott Young, uh, when it comes out, but how would I, how would I go about getting started? How do you advise people to start an ultra learning project? So as I said, the starting point is always this meta-learning. It's always trying to uh, figure out what are the possible default or starting points for learning things. Well, well let, um, me, let, me, yeah. let me back up uh, sure. a little before that. How do I okay. decide even what to learn? Mm, okay, okay. Good question. Yeah. So there's two reasons you might want to learn uh, something. So the first is an intrinsic project. So this could be like, I've always wanted to learn Spanish, or I've always wanted to know how to program computers, or I've always wanted to be able to play the guitar or give beautiful speeches or what have you. If you're starting with an intrinsic project, that's just sort of what inspires you. And, and often that's how these projects come about is that they become useful skills, but they start from a different point. The other way that you can start a project is that you actually want to do something. And I think this is very relevant because learning is really about bridging the gap between what you can do right now and what you could do if you were able to acquire new skills. And so 
often what it is is not, well, I want to do some learning project, but I would like to change careers or I would like to write a book or I would like to become a presenter or I would like to do something that is outside of my realm of ability right now. And so when you're doing that, the next thing to do is to say, well, how would I be able to do that? And so often it can be a project to do that thing or to get better at it. So if you want to get better at writing a book, you might start with a project of writing a book. But that's usually the starting point of, okay, well, I'm going to try to write this book. How do I get good at the skills involved in writing? And so you might develop some things around practicing, some things around trying to improve your writing ability of identifying components that you're going to work on and practice. So there is some nuance to that. But definitely, I think that's a useful way to think about it is that a lot of the things that you want to accomplish that you don't feel like you can right now, uh, think of those as learning projects rather than just, well, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that, right? Scott, where can people find out more of course the book will be out uh, everywhere that books are sold in august of 2019 depending on when you're listening to this but where can people find out more about you and, and your work with ultra learning absolutely so you can go to my website at scotthyoung.com that's s-c-o-t-t-h-y-o-u-n-g.com and i have over 1,300 articles that I've written there over the last 13 years on all sorts of subjects, including learning. And of course, they can check out the book. So if you just Google Ultra Learning or you go to Amazon or Bards and Nobles or wherever you get your books from, you can uh, find the Ultra Learning book. And you know what? If anyone who is listening now ends up getting the book and applying it to learning a skill that they care about, I would love to hear about it. So please send me an email if you get a chance. You're, you're collecting ultra learning uh, success stories, aren't you? I would love that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, maybe I'll come up with one of mine. I just, there's, I'm not sure I can fit much more in my brain, but, uh, but maybe I'll come up with one and I'll, I'll be one of your, your, your case studies. So Scott, uh, great visiting with you and uh, hopefully I'll run into you in beautiful Vancouver. Someday. Yes. Thank you so much for having me.